At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. A warmer brother below. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Just Guess with myself, Greg Evans Peterson. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts. We're going to be joined by Andrew Parrish in segment number two. He does a great job as one of the main writers over at Crimson Crossover. That is dedicated all to Alabama basketball. But the reason why we're having Andrew on is that he has been tracking every single transfer in college basketball since the beginning of the 2017 season. That is absolutely insane. I know that he also does a great job being able to have sheets where he's taking a look at how many available scholarships all these teams have, how that is going to be affected from year to year, how long a guy is going to be on scholarship for, things of that nature. So, Andrew, a great wealth of information for anyone that's doing off-season research. He's going to be joining me in segment number two. We're going to be taking a look at some of the trends that he's been identifying with some of these transfers in recent years. Just uh, he's able to launch this sort of a database and how difficult it can be to be able to gauge whether or not a guy is going to be using that COVID fifth year and some of the tools that he uses to be able to extract that information. Then we're going to be talking a lot about the SEC as well. The teams that have made good moves, the teams that have made bad moves, how these rosters are looking with those SEC teams as as his primary beat is in the SEC. So we're going to be chatting about that in segment number two. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. And here in segment number one, we're going to take a look at what we all got in college basketball over the last 24 hours. By the way, a little bit of a programming note. We should have two conference previews towards the weekend next weekend. I am targeting doing the Atlantic 10 along with doing the America East. That should be probably coming like Saturday, Sunday. There might be a little bit of variance there. It might come over the course of like three days, something like that. But I am planning on having two conference previews up within the next 10 days. So we're going to get you guys covered there. And we did not really see a lot in terms of the transfer front. Something else that we're going to be talking about with Andrew in segment number two is Grant Nelson. It looks like he's down to do schools in Alabama and Arkansas, so we're going to do a little bit of speculating there as we didn't see a lot that happened in college basketball over the last 24 hours, but we did see a pair of interesting moves in my opinion. We're just going to call him Mongolian Mike. I'm going to attempt this last name, but I'm going to butcher it, and I apologize. Mark 
Sherjavit. He was over at Dayton this last season. He's the gentleman that comes over from Mongolia, which is why they call him Mongolia Mike. He has decided that he is going to be transferring from Dayton and he is going to be going to San Francisco. Very versatile player at six foot eight. Had a very good start to the season when Dayton was dealing with a bunch of injuries. They had to feature him quite a bit. He's able to play a little bit of point guard as he had five and a half points, 2.6 assists per contest. But for Mike, as the guards got back into the fold, we saw him dip with his minutes a little bit. But he had a really nice start to the season. If you take a look at what he was able to do, pretty much the first month plus of the season. So first nine games of the campaign. This was as a true freshman, by the way. Eight and a half points, three assists, shot 37% from three-point range. Really good skill set. If he finds the offense that is really right for him, maybe he doesn't have the ball primarily in his hands, but they're able to, for lack of a better term, let him cook, which I feel like that's become a little bit of an overused term, but I feel like it very much applies here. I think that it could be very successful. I think that San Francisco can be one of those platforms. He is going to need to play in a little bit more of an up-tempo style than he did at Dayton last season, but I do think that there is going to be success to be had there. And then Adolfa Suan, he was playing at Longwood last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to SIU Edwardsville for SIU Edwardsville. They did lose quite a bit from a core that was able to do a much better job defensively this last season, so that does hurt them quite a bit with this gentleman in Suan. Just really did not see the court too much last season, so going to be interesting to see if he's able to find his footing a little bit more, but I don't anticipate this necessarily being a big piece for SIU Edwardsville. Could be a nice little bit of a depth piece for them moving forward, and then we did see one guy go from the D1 level to the non-D1 level. That'd be Alicia Warren. Warren was playing last season over at Western Michigan, and he's going to be going down to Ranger College, and we actually had a nice chat with Brian Goble about how this has become more and more of a trend that we've been seeing in recent years with Warren. Just could not really get out there on the floor last year with Western Michigan. I'm not necessarily sure what the deal was, but it was one of their more highly touted recruits over the last few seasons, so we shall see how he's able to do there, but very easy for your handicap whenever a guy goes from the D1 level to the non-D1 level. All you need to do is just cross their name off the list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on, but bear day of college basketball on Saturday, but things have not been bare with this offseason, and a man that has not been bare with the amount of work that he's put in to prepare for the upcoming season, Andrew Parrish, he does absolutely amazing work over that Crimson crossover coming up next. We're going to be talking about just some of the ways that he's able to unearth information as to some of these guys that are going to utilize their COVID fifth year, what he's been noticing in terms of the transfer portal. We're also going to talk about coaches that have taken new positions and have brought with them a lot of the players that were with them at their old position as well. So we're going to be discussing a lot with Andrew next right here on Cusco Seeps with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Vegas, with myself, Greg Eames Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this guest as Andrew Parrish does an absolutely tremendous job being able to gauge all the off-season player movement that we've been getting in college basketball. I know that he launched a big project this off-season, tracking literally every single transfer in college basketball since 2017. And for those that have been following the transfer portal in recent years, this year, there's been about 1,700 transfers. Last year, there were about 1,500 players in the transfer portal. Just the last two years alone, that's 3,200 transfers. Andrew is doing a great job of covering it all. I know that he also does great work over at Crimson Crossover. That is dedicated to taking a look at the Alabama Crimson Tide and all that they have been doing. And to be able to follow Andrew on Twitter, that is easy enough. His first and last name, Andrew Parrish. And then the number one on the back end of that. And Andrew, it's great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Greg. It's really a great opportunity to come on and talk some SEC hoops today. Absolutely. It is great to have you aboard. And before we dive into a little bit more SEC, let's just talk a little bit about the project that you did launch this offseason, taking a look at every single transfer that we have seen in college basketball since 2017. And I really have just two questions that I'm going to do on this one. For one, what inspired you to tra- track all these transfers for two? How tricky was it with the COVID year? Because I think that's what really throws a lot of people, including myself, off is taking a look at all this player movement and deciding, all right, what guys are slash are not going to use that fifth COVID year? Because 
that has really thrown a big wrench into things in recent years. Yeah, so I'll answer the first one. Uh, the first question first is just sort of an idea I had off a whim, you know, thinking about what I could do to sort of, you know, engage myself in, in college basketball and try to sort of increase, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily working full time in college basketball right now. So trying to, you know, create something that could, you know, provide value to some people and, and try to sort of increase my profile in that way. So thinking of an idea of what I could do that would be, that would fit into my skill sets. I have a, sort of a data science, uh, analytics, coding background as my academic background. So something that I thought I could do is make, you know, this dashboard of all the transfers since 2016, 2017, and, and, you know, just thought I would make it and, you know, sort of put it out there and see what happens. And obviously a lot of people have caught on to it, including yourself, which is, has really been great to sort of see how, how people are sort of receiving it. Really exciting for me to, to sort of see all of that. And then, you know, I'm also sort of working on an even bigger project that's going to come out hopefully in the next, you know, month or two. It's going to blow the transfer tracker sort of out of the water as far as scale is concerned. So I'm looking forward to releasing that uh, in a couple months. So just sort of thought about it as something to sort of do with my free time and, and something that I could possibly, you know, increase my sort of profile among, uh, you know, the college basketball landscape. The second question, you know, tracking COVID years, um, you know, it's a lot of Twitter searches. It's a lot of, you know, scraping through rosters, uh, you know, whenever the, the next year's rosters come out on official team websites, you know, I do a lot of that, just looking through those every once in a while, seeing who's who's around and who's not, but trying to sort of refine my lists in that way. And then I also, you know, use other tools. Bart Torvik, this offseason, has put out a really great tool about trying to track super senior, you know, if those guys are coming back or not. He's got a great tool on his site. I've been trying to sort of keep an eye on that as people sort of add in more and more players to that, using that to my advantage. Definitely some of the strategies I used to sort of track that because it's really hard, you know, especially with, you know, these smaller conferences that don't have as much, you know, media coverage out there, especially on Twitter, you know, being able to, you know, constantly track that. And hopefully somebody will come across news that, you know, the super seniors leaving and, you know, that's how I can go about, you know, figuring out who's leaving and who's not. But it is a challenge for sure to be able to find that sort of information. Yeah, it certainly is a challenge, and I do think that it is such a labor of love. Anyone that's taken a look at all these college basketball moves during this offseason, they certainly do love college basketball, and I'm sure that we've got someone on this podcast right now that is in that fold. Andrew Parrish doing a terrific job there. It was great to be able to get a little bit of the lay of the land there as to how you launch this, and what have you found in terms of being able to track some of this player movement that has perhaps been a little bit interesting because I know that you do cover the SEC a little bit more. You run your website dedicated all to being able to cover the SEC, especially with the Crimson Tide. And I feel like they've had a very interesting offseason in that we've seen a lot of movement with teams like in Alabama being very active in the transfer portal, Tennessee being able to bring in someone like a Dalton Connect. And then there's one outlier, Kentucky, that – has not landed anyone in the transfer portal, and it's not official yet, but looks like they're probably going to be losing Antonio Reeves as well, leaving them with like 96 career points returning on their roster. Part of the transfer tracker project is sort of trying to potentially assign some reasons as to why players are moving the places that they are, whether that be a coaching change. You know, we saw uh, something I've noticed with doing the transfer tracker is, you know, Northwestern State to Austin P. This year with the movement of Corey Gibson has been a really popular, you know, sort of uh, data piece that's popped up multiple times when I've been putting together the tracker. So, you know, trying to assign reasons that way, as well as, you know, if there's assistant coach movement that would cause, you know, that sort of thing, or if there's previous connections, you know, trying to figure out, 
you know, if those prior connections exist for why a player would go from one school to another has been really interesting. And the regional aspect, I think, is another thing, you know, trying to see if there are players more returning home or, or leaving home to go somewhere else, or if there's anything there that would have sort of a regional bias as to how these players are moving around has been something that was sort of the original idea as to what the transfer tracker would be useful for. And I think we've sort of seen a little bit of that as we sort of created it, put it out there and, you know, seeing the reaction to it. I think that's sort of been a major point trying to figure out you know, what we're looking for here. What's the point? I do think that that is something that you do bring up that I have found in college basketball as well. A lot of these coaches, when they take a new job, they bring a lot of guys with them. Like we saw that in the SEC last year with Dennis Skates, bringing with them a lot of guys from Cleveland State. And all in all, I think that it has been a very good model for these teams when they do have a new head coach. They bring with them a lot of their same players. Like we're seeing it with Providence, Kim English. She comes over from George Mason. He brings with him quite a few of the George Mason guys. You're seeing it with St. John's, with Rick Pitino bringing that over as well. What have you made out of this movement? Because I do think that it is something that has become more and more prevalent. And I would say it's happened a lot more in the last two to three years than we've really ever seen before. I definitely think there is something to that. Those examples you brought up were great. Dennis Gates bringing over Trey Gamillion, Demoy Hodge, you know, coming over from, from Cleveland State to Missouri. Two great examples of that. And I think the one-time transfer waiver has sort of helped that out. Student-athletes leaving their original schools to go to their coach's new school after they leave for a better job or they get fired or whatever it may be. Having that one-time transfer waiver has really helped those moves to be able to be facilitated a lot easier. In the past, you would have you know, maybe one guy or, or two guys that would leave because they because they could probably you know get it uh, get a waiver or whatever it may be under the old process, which is a lot more complicated than it is now. It seems to get a waiver, what the waiver reasons would be, it's a lot more clear cut. I think now. I think there is something to that uh, as far as you know, former players following their coaches and that being a more prevalent you know trend that we're seeing. Yep, I agree with you. As you're to be on the show. We do have Andrew Parrish. He does absolutely terrific work being able to cover the game of college basketball. He's over there at Crimson Crossover. And, Andrew, when it comes to what we have been able to see recently this offseason in terms of the SEC schools, have there been a few in particular that you have slash have not been impressed by? Because I take a look at what Ole Miss has done this offseason, and I've been very impressed by how Chris Beard has been able to reshape this roster, bringing in Jamarian Sharp, who, I mean, I'm not joking when I say it. He's the biggest transfer in all of college basketball because he's seven foot five so he is literally the biggest one is he going to be the most productive who knows but he is the biggest one but i've been impressed there and then under the radar i did think that the draft decisions of auburn went their way being able to bring back gni broom being able to bring back jalen williams i think auburn is set for a really good run of things where a few teams from the sec that you take a look and you say Man, they've had a relatively good offseason. One I would say that hasn't necessarily been the most active in the transfer portal, but still had a really good offseason, is Mississippi State. They brought back Tolu Smith, uh, as well as DJ Jeffries and Deshaun Davis, three super seniors, as well as you know bringing back some of their underclassmen. Cameron Matthews had a really good season last year for them, uh, sort of stepping into a bigger role. Shaquille Moore has been solid for them over the last couple of years, you know, playing as sort of a an off-the-ball guard that plays really good defense. I think was number one in the country in steal rate last year, or it was close to it. You know, bringing back those key pieces, and then also adding in a guy like Jimmy Bell from West Virginia, who is just a brute force inside and, and you know, can really provide some really good backup minutes for Tolu, sort of in the same way that Tolu plays. And then also bringing in Andrew Taylor from Marshall, 
you know, another guy that can really, you know, light it up. Averaged over 20 points a game last year. I was really impressed with those two pickups as well as, you know, re- returning all of their other players. And then also bringing in the number one Juco player in the country and uh, Jaquan Scott, who's going to probably play some decently significant minutes for them. You know, I-, I think that they've done well for themselves. I put out some rankings on my Twitter profile probably about a week ago for the SEC. I have Mississippi State right now in the top four, which might be a little bit of a hot take, but I, I think that they're they have the capability, and Chris Jans has proven that he can take a team with maybe not mediocre talent, but they, they had maybe average to a little bit above average talent last year, and, and they were in the NCAA tournament, and they did really well for themselves. So yeah, that's one I would say that I'm really impressed with. On sort of on the other side of that, obviously Kentucky has had a pretty rough go of it, yeah. not picking up anyone from the transfer portal. Obviously, it's kind of tough whenever you bring in the number one freshman class, and you know you have you know four or five five-stars that you have to give immediate playing time to. So the fact that they lost Oscar Sheboy was obviously really tough, as well as, you know, C.J. Fredericks, Sevier Wheeler, Jacob Toppin, and then if Antonio Reeves does end up leaving, you know, that's another big loss for them. But when you bring in a five freshmen that are going to demand a lot of minutes, you know, it's really tough to sell potentially big role for a player to come in the transfer portal. It's just tough for Cal, and, you know, they're recruiting a couple of guys. There's a guy, Santo Cyril, who was supposed to go to Providence. I guess that's not necessarily happening at this point Uh, he's visiting Kentucky and if they pick him up obviously that'd be a really solid pickup you know they're going to be reliant on getting these these high school freshmen to come in that haven't committed yet or you know maybe picking up one guy from the portal but there's a lot to be sort of decided about Kentucky's roster and I'm sort of the jury's out for them for me I had them 10th uh, in my rankings that came out on June 1st you know the days pass and nobody comes in for them you know it it could even get worse I'm going to be completely honest for them if they're obviously pick up someone but it's not looking great for them right now and the options are dwindling more and more because it looks like there are two SEC schools that are the final two for Grant Nelson at this point. We don't know whether that is going to be Alabama or Arkansas. Heck, by the time we upload this podcast, we might know exactly who is who is going to be getting Grant Nelson because we're recording this right around the evening time, 4.30-ish p.m. Pacific time. So we shall see what happens there. But for Kentucky... There's just not a lot of good options, it feels like, at this point. Arthur Kaluma's out there. Like you said, Antonio Reeves is probably going to be one of the top transfers if he does indeed leave Kentucky. It's not confirmed yet that he's going to be entering into the transfer portal, but it seems to be going that way. Something like a Jordan Brown would be a good pickup, but it just feels like Kentucky is out of options at this point. And once they lost out on Hunter Dickinson, I think that they were really putting their eggs in the basket of Oscar Shibway. And Oscar Shibway not coming was really a big blow for them, him saying in the NBA draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think every Kentucky fan was just expecting, you know, the Hunter Dickinson sweepstakes to go their way or Oscar to go their way. Neither one did. And combine that with the loss of Damian Collins and Lance Ware to LSU and Villanova, respectively. They didn't prepare, you know, adequately for what was going to potentially happen if Oscar did leave. And just the way that it goes sometimes in, in the transfer portal, you know, Alabama's sort of going through the same thing right now with Charles Bediaco leaving. That was not an expected move uh, from the fan base or, or even the coaching staff, it seems. You know, they're trying to make up ground in the Grant Nelson sweepstakes. It seems like they're in a pretty good spot for that. Like you said, we're recording around, you know, 4.30 Pacific time on Saturday. The word is that Grant Nelson's going to commit in the next 24 to 48 hours. I feel that Alabama's in a really good spot for him. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, Arkansas is right there as well. If Nelson doesn't come to Alabama, you know, they ha- they're they going to have to pivot pretty quickly to somebody else uh, that can fill that five spot because right now it's only Nick Pringle who is not a minimal bench role, but not necessarily, you know, the first guy off the bench. Uh, so, you know, trying to find 
that five option, that four five option that can come in and play right away for Alabama is going to be something that they're really looking forward to. Uh, if Grant Nelson does indeed come to Tuscaloosa, and if not, then they're going to have to find somebody else. I, you mentioned Jordan Brown earlier from uh, Louisiana. I just hit the portal yesterday. I think he'd be a good option for Alabama to, to go after if the Nelson sweepstakes don't go their way. There are a few options out there, but they're becoming very few and far between. And it is going to be worth taking note of these guys, seeing what all happens there. And Andrew, just in terms of the entire landscape of college basketball, because we've touched on quite a bit of the SEC. These teams have done a good slash have not been able to get a whole heck of a lot to go their way this offseason. Is there a few teams outside the SEC that you just take a look at what they've done this offseason and you say, man, I think that they have really improved their roster and they could be in for a good year. With Kashad Johnson, I thought that was a really good pickup for them uh, coming from San Diego State, uh, as well as being, being able to pick up Caleb Love. And obviously people's opinions of Caleb Love can vary uh, depending on who you ask, but I think that he's a really solid volume scorer that can really contribute for them from day one. And then also I have a little bit of personal bias towards Jaden Bradley uh, going to Arizona. I think he's a pretty solid point guard for them uh, coming off from the transfer portal from Alabama. I think he's going to be a solid potential starter, if not a backup from day one, and will provide some stability. Another one that I would sort of point out that's a little bit under the radar is Cal, what Mark Madsen has done there since he's coming from Utah Valley, bringing in four grad transfers, uh, Jalen Cohn from Northern Arizona, Fardaz, uh, Amac from Texas Tech, who used to play for him at uh, Utah Valley, and then Mike Meadows from Portland as a grad transfer guard, and then Keontae Kennedy from Memphis. Those are four really solid grad transfer options that can really improve the floor for Cal. And then also bringing in Jalen Tyson from Texas Tech. He was one of the top wings in the portal. Had a lot of schools going after him. I think Auburn was after him uh, a good amount. He ends up going to Cal, and and I think he can be, if he gets eligible, he's a two-time transfer, so if he can get eligible for Cal, you know, I think he can be a really solid piece for them and sort of raise them from the bottom dweller of the Pac-12 up to being in sort of that middle tier. I think they could definitely reach that uh, reach that point, you know, if everything goes right for them as far as the Tyson waiver as well, you know, the, how the grad transfers sort of get integrated. And the Pac-12 can certainly use some of those teams being a rise up because there has been a big divide between the haves and the have-nots in recent years. I do agree with you that Arizona has been able to do a solid job this offseason. The beneficiaries of what happened with Michigan and then for Cal, I mean, you want to talk about to use the old money ball line, going from being in 50 feet of crap to being able to rise up through some of that. That's exactly what Cal has been able to do. And I feel like Mark Madsen was probably, in my opinion, the best coaching hire of the offseason. That was instrumental for them. And Andrew, I know you're instrumental for college basketball fans in the way that you're tracking so much of what we've been getting this college basketball offseason. You're tracking every one of these transfers and doing a great job of it. Your project has been very fun to be able to follow along with. So love the good people at home. No, it's all on tap for you. I know people are able to follow your work on social media and other platforms. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my name, Andrew Parrish1 on Twitter. Most of my tweets are going to be about Alabama basketball or the SEC. So sorry in advance if you're not an SEC fan, but that's where my main content lies, being, you know, living in Alabama, you know, working at the university. That's where my content lies. But I will tweet a little bit about, you know, college basketball at large and then also tweeting out my projects, you know, my transfer tracker that just came out back in uh, just after the Final Four. I scholarship sheets. Uh, I know that Jeff Goodman and I had a nice conversation the other day about the scholarship sheets and he ended up giving me a shout out, which I really appreciated from him. So you can find those uh, easily on my Twitter profile and then be on the lookout for my project that if I were to quantify it, the transfer tracker that I made is probably about 10 times smaller than what this will end up being. It's a big project that's going to come out pretty soon. Just be on the lookout for that. It's really exciting and I hope to have it out here pretty soon. 
Andrew is doing absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He's really been putting in that midnight oil here in the offseason, being able to track all of the scholarships that teams have available, being able to track all these transfers, and so much more. And it was great to be able to get him on the podcast today. Big thanks to Andrew for joining me on Cusco Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Cusco Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. Regular season, off-season, conference previews. We're really going to be getting a lot more of those starting, I would say, in about seven or so days. Like I said, we've got the Atlantic 10 along with the America East on tap to be done within the next 10 days. So we're tracking there, going with the low slash mid-majors first, and then the power conferences. We'll do those in the back half of the offseason. By that time, we're going to be set for an absolutely amazing season. So I'll be with you guys once again. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.